This episode of At The Bar is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I'm Jane Gretch and welcome to At The Bar, a podcast about running a dance studio, the highs, the lows and everything in between. As a dance studio owner, business coach, leadership expert, and the founder and author of Dance Step, a dance student teacher education program, my mission is to educate, encourage, and empower all I serve. Each week, I'll share a mixture of solo episodes and interviews, sharing ideas, hopefully making you smile, and reminding you that you are not alone. So, what are we waiting for? Join me at the bar. Joining me at the bar today is Samantha Polverenti from Pulsate Dance Force in Wangaratta, Victoria. When I have conversations with my guests at the bar, I always just have a loose structure and thought pattern on how I think the conversation will go. But what I love the most about these chats is how open and authentic my guests really are and how the conversations just flow in a really natural way. And today's episode is the most wonderful example of that in action. Throughout this conversation, Samantha talks about the unfolding of her leadership and the challenges that come with that. I found myself reflecting on her words for days after we recorded. So listen carefully, there's some wisdom coming. Sam's studio is also a Dance Step partner studio, and today's episode is proudly sponsored by Dance Step. You can find out more about growing leaders and empowering students at dancestep.com.au. Joining me at the bar is my friend, Miss Sam from Pulsate Dance Force in regional Victoria. How are you, Miss Sam? I'm good, thank you. How are you? All good, good here. We were just having a little laugh before we pressed record that we both have naughty uh, dogs, naughty canines. So apart from that, everything's fine. Um, and <laughs> But your story trumped mine. You, you've been to the vet, I haven't. Yes. <laughs> Expensive vet bills and oh, never something you want. Good job they are cute most of the time. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so um, you and I was just trying to think before, we've known each other for a really, well, not a really long time, but I reckon it must be around five years is what yeah, I was kind of calculating. Six, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's fun. Um, but anyway, before we kind of get chatting, do you want to just introduce, I guess, the school the studio that you own where it is and kind of you know a little bit like how long you've been doing it all the all the normal things sure (laughs) so I um have owned the studio now for seven years uh it's Pulsate Dance Force in regional Victoria in Wangaratta uh just below the border of New South Wales so it is the studio that I grew up in um, and I trained at under Tanya Singh. I moved away to good old Adelaide. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, trained in Adelaide and I had my first son over there. And after mum life kicked in in the first two months, I thought it would be a great idea to move home. So... <laughs> 
Um, so yes, that what is what brought me back to Wangaratta, and I started um, as a teaching role back at Pulsate, and then um, Tanya actually got a job opportunity in Melbourne, and her fa- whole family moved to Melbourne, and I took over ownership. So it's been seven years now. We're in our twentieth year anniversary this year. Um, in total as the studio so it was Pulsate Dance Academy and Mm. I uh, rebranded to Pulsate Dance Force. I love that. Yeah. It just flies doesn't it? I can't believe it's already been seven years. Um, So yeah yeah, so when I met you you were pretty pretty kind of in the beginning. Yeah so it might be seven yeah Yeah. it might be more closer that we've known each other seven Mm. or six years. Mm -hmm. Yeah Yeah. and it's a it's a ride isn't it so it's a (laughs) journey. Yes (laughs) and yeah so uh, of those seven years um, two and a half have been COVID uh, interrupted so that's that's um, added a few challenges and you and I have chatted, you know, quite consistently throughout that time and, um, you know, overcome those challenges. But maybe that aside, because that's the obvious one and um, maybe other things have derived from that. But do you want to just maybe riff on, you know, like we can always talk about all of the good things of running a dance studio and anybody listening would would know. Like we all know those moments when you're, I don't know, you're in the studio and something happens with a student you're like, oh, that's my why, right? We've all yeah. experienced that. <laughs> yes. And, oh, I love this <laughs> concert, you know, like yes. the curtains go down, <laughs> the best job in the world. <laughs> but, but a week earlier. So yes. do you want to just maybe reflect on some times where you did feel challenged in the role, you know, and, and maybe we're questioning your why? um look I think the my why and my challenges have changed over the seven years Mm. so especially I think in that first one to two year period I still reflect and think that it was a bit of a honeymoon period I feel that you know um, everything was positive and you know the relationships with customers and things like that was still um very positive and Mm. I had a positive outlook on everything Mm. Mm. um as time changes new challenges arise as we know and unfortunately sometimes we have to make difficult decisions along the way that uh you know sometimes tear especially for myself tear me in two different directions you know integrity and what's right and what's wrong um what do I stand for and what does the studio values stand yeah. for and what is important to to me and to reflect and to show to the the community at Pulsate yeah um, so I think one of the difficult challenges is sometimes those difficult conversations <laughs> those you know we have an elite side to the studio as well being competition as well um, as recreational mm. so sometimes those sort of challenges different challenges come up being an elite dancer um, an elite parent and families to what recreational. So I think, yeah, those difficult conversations is really what has challenged me along the way mm. to step into a new leadership role. Yeah. And, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to kind of be part of that journey and so I've been able to see yes. you really grow as a leader and, and it's really um, it's really exciting to watch and I feel like if I was looking in a mirror to me, you know, that's been where the biggest shift for me has is in my leadership you know um yeah obviously I'm growing always hopefully as a as a teacher as well but um the kind of teacher I was 10 years ago is probably not that far removed for from the kind of teacher I am today 
However, the kind of leader I was 10 years ago, um, thankfully, is quite different to that of today, just through that growth. But, you know, as you were talking then, I was thinking, like I was nodding and I was thinking, yeah, that, that really is hard. Like those, just those things that we're not really prepared for. And, you know, if we were principals of schools, um, I, I feel like there is more kind of professional development, you know, run through perhaps like education departments and things like that for public schools and, and maybe there is the equivalent for private schools. But it can be it can be a little bit lonely, can't it, as a uh, like yeah. navigating this? Yes, and I think so. And I think that's why, you know, I've always had yourself or, or mm. coaching groups to, to be able to speak to others um, that it is quite normal but it is quite isolating in the same time because we do have our staff members around us but we also don't want to burden them with you know studio bigger problems and we also want to be a leader to them as well Mm. so I think it is quite isolating and you have to search for your own personal development and how to improve yourself and be a better leader and be able to lead your team not only your team but your students and your community into the place that you want it to go to or that authentically that the community want, wants it yeah. to go to. Yeah, no, I love that. And and you're so right. You do have to search it out. You, I mean, it's that self-leadership kind of right there, isn't it? It's like, well, um, I need some kind of support, whether it is like a, a one-on-one coach or some kind of group support, just so because it's not always appropriate to, even if you do have a team and not everybody does, but let's yes. say, um, you do, it's not always appropriate to share some of those things with them. And sometimes it's about them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, you know, I think the searching is one of the hardest parts and mm. finding someone or something and a program that suits you, mm. um, your personality and and what is current and relevant to your studio. Um, but also, yeah, what what is relevant to be able to help you move forward? Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, sometimes you do want to be able to talk about your staff members in a way that how can I lead them better? How can I be a better leader for them? Yeah. Um, and I also always want to be improving myself. I don't think if we're sitting still, I think that's when things get stagnant. And I think there's always room for personal development, no matter yeah. what, where, whether that's on the teaching side or whether that's on the business side or s- self. Yeah, yeah, no, and that that's powerful. And look, I, you know, from what the the work I have done with you and you have done with me, I think that is one of your superpowers is that you are constantly striving to kind of re, like, kind of, I guess, continuously improve. If if I just didn't want to use that phrase because yeah. it's kind of so catch. You know, I know like it's continuous it, improvement, yeah. but it, that is exactly what I'm trying to say: is that you're yeah. always looking to continuously improve. So, um, and I, I would put that down as a strength of yours. Do you? I guess again, asking you to reflect, and it, it's very off the cuff. So, um, just give some thought to perhaps what some of your other strengths that you might have that have made this role work for you because it's not for everyone. You know, yes. it's a it's it's challenging because <clears throat> excuse me it's challenging i think being a dance studio owner has really great opportunities because it's so varied but then sometimes that can be challenging as well so you know i guess the things that you enjoy more than others are when you're using your strengths so what yes. you know just on on that what do you reckon your your strengths would be in this job i think uh one of my 
biggest strengths is organisation. Yeah. I think I am very black and white when it comes to organisation. I like to be organised. I like to have all of my ducks in a row, although the ducks may fly Swim. off at some <laughs> at sometimes there's some flying and swimming. Yeah. Um, so I do like to be organised and I pride myself on being organised. Um, but that also comes with its challenges when you're a mum and, mm-hmm. you know, all those other things. So then you also have to remember that there's you can lower your expectation on that. Yeah. Um, I think that I do, I have a really sincere empathetic empathetic side for students and really, and families and thinking, well, how would they feel or how does that make them feel? And I'm trying to create a place where they, you know, uh, feel wanted and feel Mm. like a part of a community. So Mm. um, being empathetic also to difficult conversations and having that double-sided view on things I think Mm. has really worked for me. Um, but I have also, like you said, improved on that over time. Yeah. Um, and I think relationships, I think that I, not only with students but parents, I think is really important being a business owner or a studio, a dance studio owner, is having a good relationship with your students, being able to know when they're up, when they're down, when mm. to be able to step in and when to be able to back off. Mm. Um, and with your staff as well. So I think I'm really good at picking up when things are right, things are not right. And I have a bit of an intuitive feeling. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have like this, yeah, and I say to my my students and everybody that I've just got this this sense yeah. about me that I know when things aren't right. Yeah, yeah. And and um, you and I joke and, and send each other <laughs> funny little <laughs> pictures quite often because um, we both come up as an INFJ under the Myers-Briggs personality test. So we do. Which uh, is both good and bad. Um, <laughs> but it means at least, you know, when we're having conversations about leadership, I... I can go. I actually do have true empathy for your situation because yes. oh, I wanted to. I wanted to. Well, before I, I loop back to empathy, and that's where I want to go with this. Um, just for for anyone listening, if you've not heard of the Myers Briggs personality test, um, just Google it, and you'll be able to find some information. Um, there are paid versions. Also, if you look at sixteen, like the number one six personalities you'll be able to do a free test, um, and. You know, there is a school of thought about labelling people and yada, 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 but uh, I know because we've discussed this before that when we look at that profile, we like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. hello, yes. hello, <laughs> me. Um, and so the empathy one there is quite strong. And so let's just loop back to that because, yes, I think it's your superpower, but can you, do you feel like you've kind of grown in that area, in that like I used to think, not think, but I the way I used to use my empathy is that I would really put everybody else's problems in my backpack like big heavy rocks and I would walk away with it all. And then those rocks, and, and then I would probably go to bed with the backpack on as well, you know, and be like, oh, gee, I can't sleep because I'm trying to like <laughs> cuddle these big rocks of somebody else's problems. Yes. Um, and I'm still very much a work in progress, but at least I'm not, I, I don't feel like I'm wearing that backpack anymore. Do you have any kind of, I don't know, that was a fun lead in, but yeah, about <laughs> your backpack? <laughs> I. I think I have a backpack too. I definitely have a backpack. Um, But I think by personal development, talking to yourself and knowing a bit more about my personality type, um, I 
then can recognise that it's okay to be able to listen and be a, a sounding board for somebody, but I don't always have to fix people's problems and that's I'm a fixer. I like to mm-hmm. I like to have a resolution to something. I don't like to walk away unresolved. Yeah. I like to help people. I like to make sure that they're feeling like their best self. I like, you know, I just want to yeah. be able to make sure everybody can feel as good as they should. But sometimes there's not a resolution to things. And I think that that's probably a challenge for me. And I'm still working on that is that it's okay not to be able to fix things. And it's not okay not to be able to have, you know, sometimes a happy ending to Mm. things. um, And that I don't Mm. have to carry that in my backpack. Um, You know, people's views of yourself or people's how people perceive you is not actually something a rock that I need to put in my backpack. No. That is you can throw it back at them. I can throw it <laughs> goes back in the lake, that one. Yeah, yeah. I love um, that. Oh, that's quite powerful. Yeah. Like maybe, you know, if somebody has kind of triggered us personally or something, maybe we should go to the lake and throw rocks in and be like, you can have that one back. I was gonna swear, but I won't because yeah. it's more work for the producer. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because when you were talking about, you know, um the relationships between students and parents, like you, you've got quite a big school. You've been quite humble in, in your um description of your studio, but it, it is big and particularly so for regional. Yes. Um, you know, and so I think it does come down to the way you, you're handling those relationships, both with your faculty but your, your families um, and your students, and that's, that's a challenge as well. But I think it's a relationships business. Yes, it right? is. Yeah. And I, I love it. I love mm. that part of the business. I love when you connect with a student or you connect with a family and you go, oh, <laughs> this is why, you know, we just came back from a couple of competitions and I love competitions. Yes. My staff love comps. And you sit there and you get to sit around the table and go for dinners and and it, you really find out who these people are, uh-huh. not just teach yeah. them their children, but find out who they are. And you go, oh, I never knew that about them. You know, it's that mm. connections, building connections. I really enjoy it. And I, yeah. I like the authenticity of that. It's not... Um, I feel like that customer, I like to get on a deep, little bit of a deeper level and, and get mm. to know them. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and I love that side with the students too. I do too. I do too. And the, But there's, I think the thing with that is um, it's powerful and like everybody's being their most authentic self in that setting. But um, like any relationship, there is a risk. Yes. So, um you know, we were we were chatting about our dogs beforehand, and yes. um, I have, you know, I've I'm 42, so I have obviously lost dogs in the past. This is a very another kind of funny one, like the backpack. But it was like when I got my next dog, I was like, oh, am I just setting myself up to mm-hmm. kind of literally break my heart in yes. however many years? Yes. And sometimes. You know, I have experienced that in the studio when I have really invested in a relationship um, and they have too. Like it's yes. not a one-way thing, you know, and for whatever reason, it's not that it particularly goes sour. Uh, there, yes. there has been that too. But, yes. um, you know, it just comes to an end and there is there's some difficulties with that, isn't it? Like what are your thoughts on kind of navigating that? Because it is a very real challenge if you're doing it right, I think. Yeah, I think... Um, I, I do remember Tanya, when I took over the business, did say to me, just 
be careful with how much you invest into people mm. um, and on that deeper level, that mm. that really that next level. Um, and you obviously can't spread yourself to or myself to 450 parents in the same way. Again, the backpack, my then my cup is empty. Yeah. Um, or I'm carrying 450 rocks. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I feel like that's a really something that I've had to work on mm. um, is knowing that I can invest in someone, but unfortunately, sometimes that relationship does come to an end. Yeah. Um, and it's, it wasn't easy or it's not mm. easy. I, and I think acknowledging that it, it's not easy and m- having to sometimes mourn that friendship or understanding that people may not have the perceived view of how you would like them to view you and swallowing that for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And sitting, sitting that. in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sitting in that, which is tough because mm. I think as humans, we all like to be liked. Hmm. Nobody doesn't like to be, you know, you don't want to be. Yeah, we prefer that. it that way. We prefer yeah. it that way. Um, unfortunately, now sometimes you just have to say, well, that's somebody else's opinion of me and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it does hurt, I think, mm. because you do invest. You're not investing in a product. You're investing in a child. You're investing yeah. in in their growth, in their, especially if you see them grow for, you know, whether it's for one year or whether it's for the entire lifespan from a tot all the way to a senior you're investing in their, you know, sometimes they see us more than what they see their parents yeah, at home. Yeah, they exactly. dance four nights a week yeah. and hi, bye, mum, eat my dinner, yeah. I've been at dance. So we know a lot about them, a, a lot. Of, they know a lot about us, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think, and, it, yeah, yeah, I love, I love that, you know, like it's like they're, 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 they are there so much. And certainly um, as my studio has evolved, that's kind of, where I've really put my energy into is that like um, um, our saying is that we're the third place. So our students have home, yes. they have school, and then for a very big majority of them, they have the studio. And it's it's um, as lovely as it is, it's also quite a responsibility. Yes. Um, you know, we are not their mums. We're not trying to pretend no. to be their mums. We've no. got our own children and and God knows that's plenty. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not recruiting. <laughs> No, thank you. I'm not, yeah, I'm not (laughs) looking for more. And that's, um, that's a thanks mostly to my husband because he's he's very good at keeping me in check because otherwise I would have like fostered oh god knows I yes. that's the rest when you were talking about being the rescuer I was like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe a little bit of me there but actually just flipping back to that when you said you know you've come like you, you like to fix and you kind of like to swoop in and rescue it's it is a big part of our journey probably as INFJs or, or this kind of any personality type that has that empathy um, strongly present within it is to realise we can't and we shouldn't, more mm, importantly, yes. we can't and we shouldn't fix other people's problems. What we can do is hold their rock for a while yes. while they talk um, and then give them the it rock back. back. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of that transference in in the relationships between teachers and students and studio owners and staff as well you know absolutely behind the scenes isn't there it's like a it's a bit of a web (laughs) yeah absolutely the rock you know some days the the backpack is heavier you Mm. know than than other days um but you know it's nice that the students can feel that they can come to you or a staff member to be able to do that but like you said you've got to learn that that skill of being able to 
to listen and stop and listen for a little bit and then hand it back yeah and try and you know walk away without extra baggage yeah um of worrying about that you know of that challenge for that person or that staff member so um I think yeah but it does come with its with its perks you know one of my students just got into full-time dance um on a scholarship and I got beautiful flowers sent to me surprised with a lovely note thanking me for all the time Mm. that you know that I've uh, put into them and being able to be there for them and thank me for the friendship that we'll now have you know I think it's you know that that there does come that there are downsides and challenges but then you look at those moments and and think well you know you can't win every battle you no and also like life just like our jobs is is like that isn't it there's ups there's downs there's you know peaks and troughs there's joy and there's sorrow yes um uh, you know that oh, it was a good number of years ago now that my word of the year was joy. I feel like everybody knew. Yes, <laughs> we do. And it's like never escaped me, which is not a bad thing at yeah. all. But I actually really took that word quite seriously. So I did a lot of reading about it and it, it was so much deeper than I kind of gave the word credit for you know it's just like it's a lovely word it's like positive it's like a kind of aspirational um but little did I know there's quite a lot of work um done on joy but my biggest takeaway was like those challenges they they kind of exist to remind you of the the times when you know if it was all kind of plain sailing then we wouldn't feel as joyful. Like you can't have true joy without experiencing some kind of sorrow. You mentioned kind of mourning and and grief and um, that is a really big one. I wrote it down as you were talking because that's a really big one for leaders of organisations where people come and go. And so I'm talking studios, potentially schools, um, churches, you know, any any kind of organisation like that is um really want to encourage leaders to take that time to I know it sounds over the top but to grieve when a student does leave you know yes. they're not ours they're not yes. and they're not dead but yes. just to just to take a moment to reflect and and think of perhaps why maybe they're leaving whether it's negative or positive doesn't matter just give it give it a moment think of perhaps the impact you've had on their life and their day on yours and then just kind of let them let them go and be free because otherwise that ends up being um I feel like it can turn into resentment and people start to you know what I'm trying to say yeah absolutely a bit icky and and I think then you've also got to learn that you may carry that into another relationship or another customer interaction that really is not there to begin with and you've just got a wall up or you've got um, something there that's stopping you from making, you know, a a really good student-teacher connection, again, within a a professional setting. Yeah, yeah. Um, But without being, you know, carrying that baggage of always having that resentment or, you know, I can't Mm. do this because Mm. they did that person did did this to me last time. Yeah, that's so wise. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to drop it otherwise. yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you, you're never going to trust anybody and trust um, mm. and honesty is really important. Yeah, even me. though it's hard, isn't it? Like that it comes is. back to your difficult conversations that you started this kind of riff with, you know, it like, is. 
wouldn't it be just easier? <laughs> wouldn't it just be easier to tell everybody what they wanted to know and yes. lie? <laughs> yes. No, I'm just too honest. I, I, yeah. I pride myself on honesty mm. and I would and trust and I would mm. I sometimes I think that's the problem as well. One of my challenges is expecting that in return. Sure. And sometimes that's not always provided in return. And I yeah. think that's one of my senses is knowing yeah. that, you know, oh, just something's, something's not, not right. right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So being able to sense that and just sit in it and know that it's okay. You don't have to do anything about it, but just, yeah, you know, flags are up. Yeah, yep, 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 flags are up. Yeah. Yeah, the spidey senses, the the hair on the, you know, like, oh, I feel like I've kind of brought the dogs into this all the way, but it always makes me giggle, you know, when my big Labrador puts her, because she's such a soft, cuddly, um, dopey dog, but she still has that, like, hair on the back of her neck when something's like, oh, got to protect my family, like my mum's in there. And I I can sometimes feel a bit like that. I'm like, ooh, hair is on the back of my neck, something's not right. So, and, uh, you know, sometimes um, just like for the dog, like sometimes she's got the hair on the back of her neck and it's like me putting out the bins and I'm like, hey. (laughs) It's, it's me. Just me. <laughs> so we have to recognize that in ourselves as well. Like our brains, I was talking about this with a friend yesterday. Our brains are so tricky. Um, yes. And yes, we can recognize those gut feelings and those red flags, but we also need to be really aware that sometimes they're fake flags. That's right. And our gut is is a little bit off because we our brain has taken over and it's like That's right. us. it's so hard, isn't it? Yes. And you've you're yeah. seeing a pattern. But always not patterns are always not repeated. So I guess your your red flag goes up if something looks the same as what it, it did in the in a previous um, so setting. Funny. And knowing that I think you know that you've got to take each each situation for itself. You can't. Yeah, that's just, so true. You can't put somebody into a pigeonhole just because somebody just else because is, they've acted. Yeah, that's it's right. like the the messaging kind of yes. appears the same. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like our kids, right? Like yeah. their behaviors can sometimes be similar, but they're very different people. And that's right. Oh God, so different. Yes. <laughs> Are your boys really different? Like I know there's there's yes. what's the age gap between them? Uh, uh one is ten and yeah. one is three. Uh, one is nine. Just, sorry, turning t and at nine turning ten and a three year old. Okay, just three. So just three. three. I'm I'm his yes. biggest fan. We all know that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so there is quite a gap. So do you see there are, are they quite different people or you, you think they're fairly similar? No, they're different. Yeah, Spencer, Spencer good, isn't was, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Spencer was always happy playing with himself, being quite quiet in the corner. Yeah. Um, he's quite, he's although he's outgoing, he's a little bit like me, shy, um, introverted, extroverted, yeah. mm-hmm. Um <laughs> those sort of things, whereas Judd is full on jump off the couch. Full tilt. <laughs> yeah, put the, put the Spider-Man suit on, jump off the couch, run around the house, you know. Good that he was second then in yes. that place. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Otherwise, maybe number two might not have uh, That's right. come along. Yes. Um, just before we finish up, and I've loved this, and I love, um, you know, I said before we record, we I don't, I don't ever want it to be too conversation to be too curated and so and I feel like this has been really authentic and we just kind of chat like we we normally do and this time we've pressed record because there's been some really great learnings for me listening to you there as well um you are a dance step 
partner studio and we've talked a lot about leadership. Can you just share um, perhaps with anybody listening what what you've seen, you know, participation in that program um, and how it has benefited some of your young leaders? Because you've got some great dance steppers over there in Wang. <laughs> we do. Um, it's Dance Step um, has really helped all students, it doesn't matter whether they're a competition student, whether they come for one jazz class a week um, or 10 classes a week. Um, it is a program that allows each student to feel like that they have a responsibility and can have a positive impact on another student um, in the studio. So a lot of them walk around with such pride mm. and you can see them now lining up because we line up outside with the temperature checkers and the sanitizing and we don't have to ask anymore yes yeah. and students that are not dance step and younger they're doing it without yeah. asking because they want to step up and be dance steppers when they are in year seven yeah um so it has really changed that leadership role in students being able to I think also take a little bit of the, the baggage off a teacher and being mm. able to be a friend to, you know, that student in the corner or the trial. Um, and so as a teacher, not having 100 eyes at the back of our head, I think it's nice that they can take that. And then understanding that teaching is not an easy job either. So when they are a dancer in a class, they understand the respect on both sides. Yeah, they've seen. It's kind of like a little bit of a peek behind the curtain yes. sometimes, isn't it? And their little eyes are like, Oh, wow. this is harder than I thought. You yeah. make it look so easy, Miss Sam. And you're like, yes. mm-hmm. that's experience, that is. And yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I've enjoyed. And and just you talking about kind of the younger ones looking up to them and, and our riff on relationships, um, you know, leadership is a relationship. And I that's what I enjoy seeing with my dance steppers is seeing the older students really fostering those relationships because I yes. feel like, Remember when we said it was like a web, I just feel like it, it increases the support structure of that web because um, all of the relationships are not so dependent on the yes. teachers, but that yes. they go sideways as well. And it really kind of um, Absolutely. kind of locks, locks people, not locks people, what <laughs> a jail. <laughs> sticky web, that one is. Yeah, sticky web. We just like wrap ourselves around you. Yeah. Oh, you know what I, I mean. Yes, no, I think it's good because you know, even again, back to the dogs last night, my dog <laughs> had a trip to the vet and one of my dance steppers was there in her break. And I said, would you be able to quickly cover this class for me yep. for the last 15 minutes? Yep. No worries. No. And it was one of my older dance steppers. Yeah, she stepped straight in, yep. no questions asked, was able to. So it does take off that yep. pressure off a teacher, especially emergency situations. Oh my goodness. But, yes. Yeah. And they don't realize the impact that they have on us as teachers or or mm. studio owners. You know, we did our concert in COVID last year under, you know, a big, you know, yep. big thing. And we had an outdoor stage. Those dance steppers and the amount of students that came forward and said, I know I'm not a dance stepper, would you, but would you like my help? I'd really like to help. They were ushers. They were sanitising. They were cleaning. They, yeah. they just stepped up. We don't have enough staff or faculty or even uh, members of the public, yeah. or, you know, community well, to be able to volunteer. No, no. We couldn't have done it without them. And then no. they performed in their own show at the end of the day. Bless them. So it really does bring I think brings the community like you said it's mm. sideways connections it's up and yeah. down 
Um, and, you know, the impact that they have on especially the tots and the juniors, yeah. you know. Yes, Those yes. babies just look up to them and the amount of parents that say, oh, they just love Miss, you know, yeah, so whoever, yeah. You know, they yeah. just absolutely love looking forward to coming to see them each week. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Oh, I've in fact, I've loved all of this. Um, I knew this would be a great episode, Sam. I just knew it. And you've delivered. So thank, thank you. you. Thanks for um, having me. Super fun, and um, we got quite deep. I'm proud. Oh, I feel proud of us. Look at I us. know, right? We're not usually that. We're, <laughs> we're not we completely. <laughs> yes, disclaimer. I feel like we were on very good behaviour. We are yes. definitely not usually that deep, but it's nice that we've got it in. <laughs> And it's recorded too. And it's recorded, so it wasn't just us listening. I love this. Thank you so much, Sam. And all the best with Pulsate Dance Force. Thank you. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by Dance Step, the leading done-for-you student-teacher education program for dance studios. Student teachers can add so much value to your studio, but even more importantly than that is the value they receive from being part of a program that empowers them to step up and lead. It can be super exciting to watch. If you want this for your students and your studio, make sure you reach out via the website and request a detailed information pack. You can find it at www.dancestep.com.au. Thanks for joining me at The Bar. To find out more about past episodes or how I can help you grow your own leadership or train student teachers, head to dancestep.com.au. Great leaders create leaders, and I'm here to help you be and do both. And please remember to rate and review me on your podcast player of choice. See you next time at The Bar. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 